Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. You know me, your host, Kim Doyle. I keep I keep trying to come up with a different intro for that, and <laughs> it's yet to uh, come to me. I'm really excited because we're actually talking about something, and I don't know if I've, I've told my guests this, but I studied graphic design for a while and really thought I was going to be a designer, but my guest today is all things design. I have Picha Neri on the, on the call today. Picha, thank you so much for being here. I didn't know you studied to be a designer. So interesting. <laughs> well, you know what it is? And this is probably what most, like my whole life, like I was going to be a graphic designer, right? Like I, I would spend hours in my room just drawing, drawing, drawing. And at the time, and it's so funny when I tell you, there's a school in Oakland in the Bay Area, and it's now called California College of the Arts. It was called California College of Arts and Crafts, right? Which is, yeah. it sounds very archaic today. Um, but the truth is, I, I think I, at, at that age, at that point in my life, I just didn't feel, I don't know if it was confident enough, but I loved it too much. And I was afraid of the judgment, to be honest with you, even though like I took a bunch of art classes, I majored in it for a little bit. And then I was like, we won't even get into how many things I majored in, but it, it was just always a love of mine. Um, and so, you know, here we are. So I'm really excited to talk design with you. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. So am I. It's fantastic to talk to you as, as ever. And you know what? The funny thing is that I completely understand the impost, imposter syndrome that you're talking about because I didn't actually study to be a designer. I studied uh, art history, a little bit of fine arts. So, And then I got into design. I mean, it was long ago enough that I now feel like I really have earned my, my stars. Um, but I didn't actually study to be a to be a graphic designer, which is also why I understand the issues and struggles of those who are not designers and yet have to design in their daily life. Because these days, if you if you're a web developer, if you work on a web, even if you're a marketer, you're going to have to do a certain amount of web design. So that's why I understand. Well, and I think also, which <laughs> we will get into the actual interview questions here in a minute, but I think the piece with design that you, you, obviously my love is everything content at this point, and there's so much visual online, whether it's your website or content, you know, that you're creating and sharing. And I, I've always joked around that if I visit a site and it doesn't look good, like I bounce, it's just, it's, it's a natural, like, nah, I don't know. It, it, I don't want to say it turns me off at the same time. So many things have changed in this space with, you know, mobile first, all of those things, but let's pivot a little bit. I want to back up. And I was trying to think when we first connected, what, like probably four years, four years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I remember that I was floored by your generosity. I think it was less than, than four years ago. Because you may not remember, maybe you don't remember. I don't even know if you remember. I can't remember. Well, I came across you because, you know, queen of content, WordPress queen. I was really getting into WordPress at the time and so on. And so we got in touch. We spoke. I can't remember how, but then you offered 
you said, I'll jump on a Skype call with you and I'll talk to you about podcasting because I'd expressed mm -hmm. the desire to maybe podcast. And you just spent like an hour with me on, on Skype for no particular reason. I mean, you went, you went, and I was like, surely the sales pitch is going to come. He was like, no, not at all. <laughs> and I loved you forever. You've no idea. And I remember exactly, I was about, I was in London and I was moving to Spain or, and so I was clearing out my room and, you know, I was in the middle of, of all that, like boxes and so on. I was sitting on this bed thinking, I think I'm going to remember this moment. And I did. <laughs> And and I thought it was marvelous. I mean, I'm about to finally start a podcast now. And in fact, in two languages, because I found a here in Spain a designer friend who asked me to start a podcast with him. So it's perfect. Um, but yeah, so I was like, wow, what a woman! How generous! I just, uh, yeah. Well, thank you. This is, I swear, everybody, like, I, I wasn't setting that up. I do remember that conversation, actually. And, you know, I, I hope that people start doing more of that. I, I think as the internet changes and grows so quickly that it truly is the connections and the relationships that make this all worth it and what will scale your business. But that's neither here nor there. So so we connected a few years back and I realized, I, I, I'm like, I don't think I know much of Peach's story. So before we like come up to speed with all the design awesomeness you're doing, I'd love to hear kind of what brought you here. All right. So where should I, <laughs> where should I start to say I'll try and make it short because as the longer in the tooth you get, the you know, the longer this story becomes. And then you find and then you find yourself you realize you've been waffling on for like ten minutes. So I studied art history in Italy and in London, and I also did a year in Spain because there's a great university exchange in Europe that you can do called Erasmus. So I Um, and then when I when I when I got back from it though I I sort of when I got back from my master in the UK I did an MA in London in art history, went back to Italy realized that I was bored with all the theory and I really wanted to be making things so I set up with some friends in Siena in where which is where I'm from in Tuscany a small publishing company for the arts so we were doing exhibition catalogues and art books and in Italy it's full of museums I mean they're a bit rubbish in comparison with the proper museums that you get like in the UK but what they do do is whatever they do if they do the smallest exhibition they do they do a catalogue or at least they did in the 90s and so we set up this company and it was great we had such fun because we'd met working in a contemporary art gallery and it was just so that's how I started with the design thing and I was doing as much editing as I was designing and then I just sort of really sort of found myself ever more involved with the design part because that's what I loved and I learned so much because our studio was actually in the same building as our printers and so I can't tell you how much I learned and how much I loved spending time in the actual plant it was great and I loved everyone who worked there so it was a fantastic experience and then I got a bit fed up with Tuscany and decided I wanted to move back to London. And I did. I moved back to London and I started, I got a little bit involved with the dot-com bubble at the beginning of, at the end of the 90s and got, you know, it burst quite badly. So I got, you know, sort of went legs up with, like, with everyone else. Uh, and then uh, I got back into designing and, worked with you know went on because also a lot of 
because of the cut because of my the masters that I'd done there in art history, which was at the Courtauld Institute. Then I, a lot of my then friend of my friends were working for art, art institutions and museums and so on. So it kind of came natural to go back into doing art books and catalogues. And actually, if you're in London, it's it's a difficult city, but my God, the opportunities that it gives you. So just by virtue of being there, I got fantastic. I worked in Syria. I got projects in Syria, in China, in Paris, kind of all over. But then I got a bit bored with just doing books because art books are great, but they're about the art more than they're, they're about use. And I really wanted to get more more varied experience as a graphic designer. So I started working freelancing for agencies and also for big newspapers like the Sunday Times. Actually, I was working in the magazine, not in the newspaper. And so I sort of got myself this huge experience in with big agencies, with big big clients, big corporations and so on, which I think is super important to to understand how many things work. Then I got one of the very few jobs I've ever had because I've only, <laughs> all, most of this has been uh, working for myself mostly um, or freelancing, you know, going into agencies as a freelance to get the experience. And then I got my first and last job, uh, which was um, doing the creative direction for the uh, British Film Institute which means that for a while I was actually watching films for a living. <laughs> I love and, it. And creating film posters and marketing campaigns for the film seasons that it did. I mean, the, the British Film Institute is a, is a fantastic institution that sort of safeguards and promotes film, basically. And they have a huge archive. So they have the curatorial aspect, but there's also a venue as well. So there's lots of, they show a lot and they distribute they are back to producing. They didn't produce for a while, but they're back to producing. So the the array of work that you get to do there is absolutely phenomenal. It was fantastic. And I had a team and actually was the dream team. It was the best people ever. And we're still all very, very close friends. So it was a fantastic, uh, a fantastic opportunity. And I had so much fun. And I kept, and then I, sort of because jobs don't suit me. So I I kept working for them, but as a consultant rather than as a, an employee and worked a lot with the education department as well, organizing workshops with London universities and so on. And then, um, and then it sort of kind of, I kind of left without leaving just because I started working on the web. I just got bored of... I had done a bit of web work, but not seriously. And I sort of, then I sort of got wind of WordPress and was like, what is this WordPress that you, <laughs> you talk to me about? And sort of started getting into it and realized that, that design on the web was a whole different kettle of fish fish, and a whole different set of of challenges. And it really excited me. And I thought, okay, no, this is it. And actually I was looking at my colleagues and friends who were still never even understood what the web was as designers. And I thought, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to be there. I want to be over there. I want to move to where I know what the web is about. 
And the rest, as I say, is, is history. So <laughs> I sort of educated myself. I remember how terrifying I used to find WordPress. I used to find it absolutely overwhelming and, and daunting, and I couldn't understand what how it worked. So I started from lynda.com, you, you know, learning about HTML, then CSS. Then I moved, moved a little bit into PHP, and I was like, okay, I get it now. I understand it. So I don't need to become a developer, but I know enough that I understand WordPress. So I started working with WordPress and I, I still do branding because if necessary, I'll do it. And I do still love that, but I don't really like any project that doesn't have a web element to it because I find the web so utterly exciting and 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 wonderful, you know, with all its flaws but it's it's where I want to be and I love WordPress of course and what WordPress has given me mostly has been the community in a way that the design environments never gave me yeah so yeah I'll, I'll well, do you, breath now <laughs> sorry do you think that well I think there's probably more design communities online now but 10 years ago I, I mean we didn't have Facebook groups and communities and places online yeah. You know, I mean, well, what I'm trying to think, I had a Facebook group early on, but it was not the way it is today. But yeah, the community has always been a huge piece of WordPress. Mm. The thing is that, of course, there are design communities, but there's no unity. The unity of community isn't there, at least in my experience. I'm sure that there's other people who have wonderful design communities, but there, there is no sense of belonging in the same way and there's much more competition than there is in the WordPress environment it I just have I didn't find I didn't find it with design I did look for it because for years I was also I was a really active member of the Chartered Society of Designers and because I was looking for community and I was assessing um, aspiring members and then I was the vice president for three years however long they yeah I think it was three years and it was actually really an incredibly disappointing experience I, I shouldn't talk about it now anyway but however <laughs> That's okay. I was looking for the community and I didn't find it and when I got properly into WordPress I found it and I'm now finding a design community within WordPress as in you know designers who work with WordPress and they've sort of absorbed and permeated the wonderful community spirit that's that's proper wordpress so now it works now i'm getting my design community as well but it's within wordpress well I, there's a whole bunch of stuff i want to unpack but first of all like i love i love your whole story pj just the traveling the different experiences and everything because there's a lot of people i i know you know it's when you've been doing this for a little bit you forget that there are people that are just discovering wordpress or just deciding to take their business online today and i mean that sounds a little bit naive but obviously there are people but you kind of forget that there are a lot of when you you just don't pay attention to the stuff that you know and, and is is common language for you and i i think it's what's unique about wordpress today is that there are sort of i don't know these sub communities within it right so you've got hardcore developers and you've got you've got design i've shifted the content there's all kinds of different places to find it and yeah. what i've always loved about the web in general is just that it changes consistently and i love i'm a little bit of a learning that but which that kind of brings me to i'm going to jump around a little bit here but your recent design talks at wordcamp have really exploded for you and i mean you've gotten amazing feedback you've done a fantastic job and do you feel that that's really helped you 
even just narrow in on design within the WordPress community? Absolutely. It really has. Um, it just, it's, it uncovered a need. So I decided that I would, I wanted to start talking at, at WordCamps and I then thought, okay, what am I going to think about? Because weirdly enough, I was, I was considering other subjects and then I thought, don't be silly. You're a designer. I, there was something in me that thought, oh, you know, what I do isn't interesting. It's the uh, good old imposter syndrome that we all love so much. Um, so, and I thought, no, 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 that design is your thing. And actually, then that got me thinking about how different design is on the web and how I had to shift my perspective entirely when I started designing on the web. So I started actually looking at issues that side. But also, one of the greatest compliments that I've received since starting this was from Dave Toomey of the um, Beaver Builder Huge. Uh, I love Dave. I could talk to him all day. <laughs> Can't, don't we all? We just, yeah. we just do. And it's fantastic. Because also, we actually met in person at work in London just last April. And it was great because it was just we were in a room where we all knew each other as as avatars, you know, as, as sort of Facebook um, mm-hmm. uh, profile photos. And we're like, ah, oh, like our oldest friends. Anyway, so he said that I talk about design from the point of view of a developer, which I found was a huge compliment because I'm not a developer. I do think that as I am more knowledgeable than most designers with code, meaning that I know very well what I don't know and I've talked to developers a lot so that I make sure that I don't do or say anything stupid you know so and I thought it was a great 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 compliment that he said that but it is true I'm trying because you know what is sort of after the, the first talk was in London it was about gestalt psychology and how it really helps UX and what people told me after the feedback that I got was that all these developers were coming up to me saying it's thank you, this really helped. And can we get, can we have some more? Can you do a course and can we get some more? And I was like, wow, I'd never thought of that. Because actually, when I started working on the web, everybody said, oh, you need to learn code because otherwise you just can't, you know, you won't get it. And, and they were right. Absolutely. Fair enough. Absolutely true. I don't but, know. I never coded aside. <laughs> I did okay. No, well, I don't anymore, but at least I, you know, I, I yeah, have you understood it. knowledge because otherwise you just don't know what you trust me there are design that's where you get all the animations and the anyway never mind however yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you go people you go sideways with too much yeah, yeah we don't digress yeah. so what the point the whole point was that suddenly I, I it was pointed out to me how yes designers need to learn how to code but coders need to learn about design they just need it because they design is not which is something that i bang on about a lot Design is a process. Design is just not just the styling. That's the misunderstanding, you know, sort of a very common misconception that when people think or talk about design, they, they think they're talking about the styling. And to me, it's not. It's the thought process. It's the problem solving. It's the finding a solution that maybe the user doesn't even know they have, but you just look at things in a different way. So that's that's why also developers are finding it so useful because I'm giving solutions that they didn't to problems that, that they didn't know they had, which is which is kind of nice. So it just sort of uncovered a whole new path, you know, 
set of avenues to me and it was it was uh it was a great discovery yeah you know i just had this huge aha because of that and i i think it'd be valuable is that you know there is this piece i think with whether it's design development content marketing whatever but there is and bear with me as i try to <laughs> explain this but you've sort of got the surface level understanding of things and you know, it's really taking the time to to do the behind the scenes, the why and the understanding of it. And, you know, I know that that pivoted for me when I started thinking about storytelling and content, yeah. like, it's not just writing about something. It's it's really paying attention to how people feel. So to you, like, when you're when you're discussing design as a process, it's not just the styling, because you're going to deliver a better product sooner, if you take the time to pay attention to the process and why this is happening and what's going is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it is. It is because, and it makes what you just said make makes me made me think about your emails that I always say that you know when you send an email, I always whether I like it or not, I read it all because <laughs> one of your paragraphs leads to the next. You're just basically taking me, you leading me by the hand with your copywriting, and that's exactly what the design process does or should do. That's that's exactly what it does. So there is a an analogy with absolutely everything. So uh, when I talk about the design process, it really is a process that can be used by anyone. And also another point that I make very often is that there's this thing that developers think that they will never be good designers because they don't have a creative bones in their body. And it's in in between uh, quotation marks because, honestly, I call rubbish to that. It really is rubbish <laughs> because design on the web is mostly not about creativity. And, in fact, when you see a really creative website, it may wire you to begin with, but then it's terrible for UX and usability and accessibility Normally, that's the case. So in a way, the least creativity when you're designing a website, the better. And I really, really don't think that you need to be a visual artist to be to design good websites. Because that's the, the also another thing that I really contest. I, I always tell developers, but you are creative because you solve problems. So you imagine solutions to problems. The fact that you're not a visual artist does not mean that you're not creative. It's a different type of creativity. And I really don't buy the concept that creativity is just either visual or, you know, artistic, again, in inverted commas, you know. Um, so that's also one of the points that I make. I totally agree with that. So many people think that you have to either be able to, you know, freehand draw or paint or, or, and I think we all have a different level of creativity. You know, some, my sister may do it with, you know, pulling a party together or something. And it's like, yeah. there's energy there that I wouldn't do. So I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And with the website piece of it, you know, the more I take the time to step back and again, I'm not doing websites or anything, but when I take the time to put put the work into the process and the understanding and the why and thinking through stuff like what is what is someone going to think about when they land here and go here you know it, it's completely shifted how I do everything when you take the time to do it behind so it creates a sort of foundation for what you do everything um so let's okay I know that you're talking you know about developers but obviously you've got just non-designers right that that can so let's say you've got somebody who 
wants to manage their own site. And it, here's here's what I was thinking. There was an example. I, I came across a website kind of in the same space with content marketing and the branding was nice, but it was almost so matchy matchy that I, I didn't, nothing stood out to me. Like there was, I, I couldn't, the headlines didn't stand out. The next section didn't stand out. Like if you were to break it into blocks and I thought, okay, your brand is dialed girl, but like your message doesn't speak to me at all. Like it doesn't grab me. There's nothing in here that's making me say, what is this? Or I want to read further within the copy. So I don't know if you could point out a couple things that maybe individuals do, and maybe I'm totally wrong. It's a complete personal opinion on that, but it was almost overwhelming. It was so Pinterestized. Yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. Of a word. Well, that's the thing. I like. I like that. It's the Pinterest thing. The Pinterest issues is an issue because people say you people who are not designers but who designs web design websites say, "Oh, I just you know I just went to Pinterest for inspiration because I don't know how to design this." I'm like please don't go to Pinterest because <laughs> first of all, it's all about trends, which is what makes things bland. And also what you need is not inspiration is design, design bones. And basically what you, I don't, what you say about the really bland website where nothing stands out, it's not an opinion, which is another thing. It's design is really not an opinion. The choice of, there are certain choices that yes are down to taste and they're an opinion but in fact one thing that I preach is never base your as a designer when you design something never base your choices on personal opinion you need to be able to always have a reason because then otherwise your client could say that they don't want it or they can come up with unreasonable requests so for the really bland website where nothing stands out there are plenty of design principles and visual uh, psychology rules 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 sounds prescriptive principles you know is a, is a mm-hmm. good way of putting it that i bet you that if you give me the the url of that site i can analyze it and tell you that there are specific reasons why nothing stands out to you and it would be interesting to see this the metrics the analytics of the site to see whether it converts or not, because it probably doesn't. You know, I'm going to send it to you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> well, you know, your copy is copy that converts because you make me jump from paragraph to paragraph, even though I really am, I don't like reading emails in general, but I always read yours. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's the point. And that's what design uh, needs to do and it's not an opinion and in fact never base a design design decision on a personal choice ever i have to tell you i've got like four click to tweet posts from everything you're saying already i'm like if you hear me typing i'm like oh that was a good quote that was a good quote um (laughs) so no it's it's fantastic so like i don't know if you have you know a top three or a couple things that you see whether it's a mistake or something that you see people doing over and over that maybe if they changed this or did a different, you know, I don't know, not even a different design, but pulled something out. And, and let's like, I don't mean, you know, sliders and all the, the nonsense like that, but right. I like, that's just an old conversation, but, but really, you know, with, I, I don't know, because there's a balance, right. With, with marketing and providing value and then, the conversion piece that people can't see and understand. Are there a couple things you see people doing that you think could be simple changes that they could implement? 
Yeah, I see, I, I have many answers to this, but however, something that I'm seeing more and more and more and more and more, and that comes up, has come up in the Facebook group that's for this um, project. And also uh, where people say, okay, layouts are so boring at the moment. And then also at the moment I'm, I'm, I'm creating uh, courses on a weekly basis, there's a course a week, basically. And I am struggling to find any websites. When I look for examples or case studies, I'm really struggling to find websites that are not centered. Please stop. It's just, this is what I mean about trends. It's just, I don't know whether, maybe they convert more. I don't know. I don't I don't have the metrics on that. But when there's a design uh, trend that sweeps the web. Everybody do the same thing, and I do blame also page builders and templates because they just make us lazy. And I and I and also low budget projects. I do understand that. But if you look at most websites that I looked at today to prepare my class, where they're all centered. Please. Let's not sort of take a pledge to not center a design for a month. You know, <laughs> just just, as a, just just for a change. So that's that's one thing to just go. I would say yes. In a way, it's safe to use templates because, if especially if you're not a designer, it it is a good idea, and I would recommend it because there are some great templates out there that are have been created and probably tested, and you know pro- probably they convert. But try and sometimes educate yourself so you can do something. Uh, different I would say that and then uh, other things that I see done so 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 often uh, are um, complete misuse of typography and especially typography on on images because it's very easy these days to put text on on images and we can have big huge beautiful images that we can put everywhere and there are so many free image libraries so it's very tempting, but so often you can't read them. And this is not just, I'm talking about design on the web in general, because let's forget that, let's not forget rather, that design on the web is not just website. It's also where you, you know, the various design quotes, the designed posts that you see around, that you see lots of. And people do things that are unreadable, basically unreadable. And it's not that... and. It's one of those things that I think surely it's kind of obvious that this is not readable. But in fact, it's not fair to say that because people who've not had that kind of education maybe don't think about that in the same way that I probably make, you know, terrible sins and mistakes when I do things that I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional in. Well, so, don't you, I, I think some of that you pull into, there's this an opinion, right, of something that looks good and it's not having a deeper understanding because... Uh, you know, I actually, <laughs> this is, this is part of my foray when I was doing, I actually owned a scrapbook store for a couple of years and I designed some font stickers that I had, um, uh-huh, cool. hand drawn, right? Like I, anyways, and, 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 oh. but it was, but it's fun. So I've always loved lettering and typography and it's there, there could, there's so many, <laughs> I don't know how many fonts are, right? There's so many options, but when you look at at readability on the web, and so people are coming with a completely different perspective, it's kind of, I'm going to liken it a little bit to grammar on the web, right? Like I'm sure my English teachers would hurl <laughs> if they saw the way I write sometimes and Grammarly constantly tells me, you know, I overuse ellipses or I do whatever. 
but it, it's I'm writing the way I talk and people don't want to read chunks and chunks of paragraphs, right? So it's the same thing with design where it's like you have to step back and think, okay, this is if people are reading on the web, if they're looking on a phone and how how easy is this on the eyes? And often I think we don't think about how does this, like how am I feeling reading this? Like is it bought? Like there are just certain things that will hurt your eyes, right? On the web. Absolutely. There yeah. are, I mean, and there are rules for that. You know, there, there are read, there are more than rules. There are reasons. There are reasons. And like, that's why trends are so dangerous sometimes. Like they hold trend with uh, scripts, you know, with script typography. Mm-hmm. It's really bad for accessibility. There's a chunk of the population and not even that smaller chunk that can't read it or will have serious problems reading a script font you know because for instance dyslexic people have a real problem not to mention the fact that it's going to make you look like absolutely every everyone else yeah Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. well and you know what i'm like (laughs) a script font you want to put it on a poster with a quote on your all knock yourself out or like you can use i I don't know like because i like a lot of that stuff too but it does start looking the same i think about this i'm going to go a little bit sideways future but it's kind of like you look at you know, design with homes, right? DIY is so popular. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen Fixer Up or the US show with they've yeah. Magnolia Mark, right? That's like super trendy. And I love them. I think they're a super fun couple. I love what they do. But what's going to happen in 10 years when you've invested everything and this doesn't look good anymore? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you think about it, I'll look at my furniture. I'm like, wow, this looks like, I don't know, Pottery Barn circa 1995. But it's like, you can't redo your kitchen every two years. You know, yeah. so you have to pay attention to, I, I don't know, it's like often it's not how does this make me feel or, or does this work? It's like you can like the way something looks, but it's it's not readable, right? I mean, on the web, it's it's that type of stuff makes me cuckoo. <laughs> well, that's it, this is such an important point because it's one of the big differences that I found from the type of design that I was coming from to the web where I really have to curb myself and almost, you know, sort of um, scold myself when I when I want to or wanted to. I think now I'm, I'm past it, but, you know, go too creative because if you go, you go creative at the expense of essential things such as accessibility, which is actually a legal requirement. People forget this. You need to you need to adhere to certain web standards. So, um, and making things unreadable or unusable just because you're being creative is not a good idea. So that's why I'm saying there is, I'm really almost getting to a point where there's, I'm getting to saying that there's no such thing as personal taste. I mean, there is, but if something doesn't work, I can tell you why not, I can really give you solid reasons and not just say, oh, I don't like it. Or, you know, this is, you don't have any design taste. Because that's one thing that I really am very, very, uh, I I stress a lot when I teach about design. It's because I want everyone to be able to go back to their clients and say, no, you can't make the logo any bigger (laughs) and have a reason why. Or no, this can't be bright red and against a green background and give them a reason why you know, rather than talking about taste, because that's really what it is about. And that's why I'm saying that design on the web is much less about creativity than than people think. It's about it's about being 
being useful. Then the, the, the personal taste thing is actually a really interesting question and something that issue rather. And it's something that came up a lot when I was doing the assessments for this uh, Charter Society of Designers in the UK. So basically people who wanted to become members because it's a professional body and you need to do an exam to come in, they come in, they're assessed and they need to bring, answer questions and bring the portfolio and so on. And uh, sometimes uh, designers would come and also, by the way, it was any kind of design. I could get maybe someone who would um, carve stone you know it was any kind of design not just graphic design in fact very often it was interior design for instance but sometimes designers would come and I really really thought I would fail you if you were a if if this was a school this would not grade because you haven't and there were always I could always pinpoint the reasons but sometimes I couldn't it wasn't strong enough it was just I was thinking this is crap design (laughs) (laughs) So I actually then thought, because when I thought, okay, I can't fail you because there's nothing actually particularly wrong with the design. I can say it's date, you know, I can say other things, but, and then I sort of started thinking, maybe there is, maybe there is a different market for this. Maybe there are people who, for whom this design is right, because clearly you are a designer who has a career. So maybe... So I think there is maybe a little sliver of room for talking about personal taste. I think there is because I see websites that are absolutely fine, but they use fonts that I hate, mm-hmm. or you know, or the styling is is meh or nothing. So there is a little bit of room for that, but then when it comes to the to the core of the issue, if there are real issues. I'll be able to tell you what they are and really have a strong case for you. And the people that learn from me get to the same, you know, they just have a set of solid tools and reasons to either defend their designs or say, no, you can't do this. I, w- I won't do it because it's against, against best practice and this will happen if you do it. Well, and there there comes a piece in there like where you were talking about, you know, sculptors maybe or whatever you've got art, it art can be very subjective, right? And that's one thing yeah. when you're talking web design and, and usability and, and UI and all of that, there's a conversion element that has to come into play. Yeah. It has to work, right? Gone are the days of a brochure website. Most people understand that the site should do something. And, you know, as we go more towards, which I love the whole personalized marketing piece, but mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's an experience. You want to think, okay, when this person is coming to my site, you know, what, how are they going to experience things? And I, I think it's part of why I love reading on medium so much. It's so clean. <laughs> it, it's very yeah. simple. And, and I've seen where from, you know, in a marketing space where there's, there's somebody, um, I don't know if you know him, Brian Moran, he, he is the founder of Sam Cart. It's fascinating. I'll watch a lot of his even landing pages and stuff. And they're super narrow, like maybe, I don't know, 600 pixels wide, but they're completely designed for mobile first. And it's funny because I look at them and, and I think, well, it's clean, which I do like at the same time, I want to read it. Like I'm very conscious of the headlines and I'm, and I'm not saying that's a design rule of thumb or anything, but it's working and it's converting. So I think when it comes, people have to, you know, the personal opinion, like you said, th- there can be a piece in there. But at the end of the day, you can track and measure what's working. <laughs> if it's not working, yeah. you got to start can. somewhere. 
You can, absolutely. You can track and measure, which is something that I never had to do before. I mean, you could, when you work in a magazine, you know, you can measure uh, how successful a cover was. But for a lot of things, I couldn't track and measure. It was just simply impossible to know. So um, so with with this kind of thing, you can. What's interesting to me, and I think we had that conversation the other day, is that sometimes there are really ugly pages that convert, really mm-hmm. ugly. My point is that I think they convert because the product is great. I think that, number one. And number two, I think, then I think, okay, but what about if it looked great, wouldn't it convert even more? That's the metric that we don't have yet. So that's my point. So maybe with good design that makes it look better, it would convert even more. You know what? And there's there's the other, the other piece of that, as you were saying that, because I, I agree. And you'll have, you know, big marketers, whatever, who are great at copy and sales, but they also have a huge list maybe, right? So th- there's so many factors yeah. that come yeah. into play. And I absolutely agree with you. It's simple. It's like, okay, well, if this is converting and people are reading and you're measuring, you know, time on page or, or whatever, opt-ins, whatever your goals are for the page, why can't it look better? <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I'm like, like, again, I, I do like simple and clean. If I'm on my phone, I but really... But that's good design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, Apple, Apple have the simplest design of all. It's the design that takes the longest. They the pr- number of proto- prototypes that they burn. It takes them years to come up with a new iPhone or something because they go over so many iterations. That's clean design, clean and simple, is the design it takes the longest to get to. That's what people don't. People who don't understand design don't know that. They think that, they, and then think about Apple. I mean, the point is what you just said. Okay, there's a. Product, it's a web, a course on how to sell courses and webinars. And I was on the webinar. I thought it was great, and it's exactly what I need right now. And I really liked the gun. I really thought, I think you, you, yeah, I think this, but I haven't bought it yet because I go back to the page and it's terrible design. I mean, I think it's no, it's a Thrive Cart page, and it's fine, but it's got like five different fonts on 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 it with a really disgusting green and red going on. The thing is, I don't know why I haven't bought it yet, but maybe if it had been a better design, maybe I would have bought it already because I would have felt safer. I would have thought, okay, you care about the same things that I care about, therefore I will buy from you, but you seem to me like you're skimping on details here. So do you know what I mean? So I yeah. do make a judgment, but I do make a judgment. I'm sure that, you know, and she's all about with me, you're, I, I, it's not, I think she, she's amazing. It's not a judgment on her content at all because she's fantastic. But why am I still on the fence about it? And it's because I do think, and I've actually, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these kind of creating or con- design related content. And actually I want to start experiments like this. I want for the friends that I know that have highly converting pages or they put out a lot of sales funnels very often, I want to ask them to do a, to do split testing with the design. Because some of them, of them, I know that they convert, but the, I don't think the design is, is, you know, I think they could do better. So that's something that I want to start doing because I am convinced that it does matter. You know, however brilliant 
the the Apple products are. Think if they hadn't been packaged the way they've been packaged, would would it would have become would they have become the same kind of global phenomenon that they have become? Do you have any iPhone boxes I didn't want to throw away because the box was pretty? I'm like, what are you doing with this box? You don't need this. But I'm like, oh, it's so nice. It's very pretty. It's clean. It's it's high quality. It feels nice to touch. <laughs> like all I of tell those you things. What, I finally got because I moved from London two years ago and I had lots of stuff in storage. And actually, I finally got it not a few weeks ago. And there are two MacBook Pro boxes. It's ridiculous. I yeah. kept two Mac and the iPhone boxes. Because they were so pretty, so in you know that so I think that says, I think that does say a lot actually, and I'm and I think it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting issue and one that I uh, I want to experiment in and test out. I think there's like <laughs> I'm just getting this feeling, Picha, of this is like a really cool mission in a way to get people to start thinking differently about design and where you're talking with with, you know, developers, your Facebook group, which we'll link to in in the show, guys, is because you're also talking, you know, geeks and marketers, too. And I think from a marketing perspective, because there are a lot of people that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I don't think it's intentional, like to your point with this with this gal. At the same time, there's, there's this little, this is probably a judgment, right? But there's this little like, attention to detail. Right. Yeah. And and it depends because, you know, like, I can't believe the amount of energy I'm, I'm doing this free course, right for content. And I'm like, it looks really good, in my opinion. I probably could have been a little more anal about centering text on slides and stuff, but I'm like, it's a free course. But I still wanted to make sure it was consistent branding. Everything looks good. It's clean. It's tight. Like the free audio is a SoundCloud player, and it matches the branding. And but it's there's only little bits of color. Like the rest of it's very clean, right? And yeah. so I, I think getting people to understand that you know there is that element and. I could be totally wrong on this. My guess is, you know, if you're going to take the time to do that, there is a, this sounds really snotty, but I just have to say it. It's almost like you're going to get a higher caliber of customer as well when you have higher quality anything for the most part, right? I mean, because there is this, and I, and I think it goes along with even pricing products. You know, yeah. if something looks heinous, I'm like, I'm not going to pay for that. But there are same times you can have, you know, a package of, I don't know, sales letters that could sell for $1,000 because the copy is brilliant. And that's all you need is the copy. But anyways, I'm going 12 ways sideways. And I want to talk to you about where does branding and messaging fit into the design piece. And I'm not necessarily sure. I don't have a definitive question for you on that. But if you could speak to that, that would be awesome. They... It's hugely important, really hugely important. It's you can't do a website without branding and messaging. You can't do it. So, th- which is why design and marketing on the web go completely hand in hand. And content, you can't do it without content. You need to have a proper message. You need to have thought about all that beforehand. Um, and it's it's sort of it's more complex. I think than offline. I just I I think this. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I think because you're seen by so many more people, and you need to make your message clear to so many more people. It it's not it wasn't as pressing before to make the message clear because even for us as as professionals, if if you know before the web you would 
go to an event or you would get clients by referral and that was it and you would explain it in your own words now on the web you have to make sure that people have you've got three seconds for people to understand what what it is that you do so the the branding for me again is not about the styling the styling comes after the, the branding is understanding who you are what you are whose problem you're solving and and where your audience is and who they are and what they need. This is what branding is to me. Then after that, of course, there is the styling and it's very, very important. And the styling is more than the way I say it because the reason why you, you choose a certain color or a certain font or a certain symbol or whatever is not random. It's not personal opinion and it has it's the result of a long research if you do the branding properly so the branding has a huge place and, and the messaging has a huge place and that takes you straight into content so to me that's why designing on the web is so fascinating because if i could be happy with mock uh, you know, with Laura Mipsum copy when I was doing a brochure, I don't feel, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it was right even then, it wasn't, but now I I would find it really difficult to, if I'm designing, designing a website that is meant to convert, I need to know what your message is mm-hmm. beforehand. And that's part of your brand. So that's what the branding and messaging are for me. And weirdly, you, you hear in the various groups that were all in on Facebook or, you know, related to web design as a business, you hear so many people that say, oh, my God, my client is asking me to use horrid colors. And I, what, what do you mean he's asking? Do you not have a, a brand palette? Does he, does he not come already with? And the thing is that, no, most people don't because they think it's not needed or or they don't really understand what they're selling with the, their website. And I think that some people who improvise, they make it somehow because they're maybe geniuses of social media or whatever but generally speaking it's again it's not about things being pretty it goes much deeper than that and it's all interconnected well i think again medium is a great example of that why is why are there i don't know there's like 80 million people reading on media it's it's insane and it's because it's it is ideal for readers for people who like to read web content that it's a great platform to read. Um, God, I, we, I'm like, I can't play right 50 minutes already. I want to talk about what you're doing though now, because you're teaching courses. I'm super yeah. excited. I feel like things are just kind of exploding for you. So can you share what your courses are, who they're for? And then I'll link to everything guys in the show notes uh, to Peach's group and her sales page or whatever, but share what they are. Right. Thank you. So there's a Facebook group, which is called uh, Design for Geeks, where I talk a lot about design. And it's a really great group. It's very young. It's just a month old or just over a month old, but it's super engaged and full of very, very, very interesting people as well. And mostly the profile is geeks, marketers, devs, techies who design or content people, people who are not designers, but they're web professionals. So as a result of that, I was uh, in, uh, of the uh, work, work camp talks that I've done in, in Spain and, and the UK, there's, uh, people have asked, can you, can you do a course? So the course I'm 
doing at the moment is a series of weekly webinars, then or bi-weekly, there's sort of, there's dates. And it's a big sort of sweeping nine-hour overview on design on the web. Thinking about design on the web from the point of view of a developer or a marketer, someone who's not a designer. So, and starting from, and, you know, sort of carrying across very clearly, I hope that's the intention, the main points that I've talked about here. A, you d- design is a process. Design thinking is a is finding solutions to your users' problems. That's what it is. So you don't need to be an artist or to be creative to create a great website. Then uh, all the various other things that we've uh, pointed out here, I don't want to bang on <laughs> on them uh, too too long again. So, but it's it's um, the website is called designforgeeks.com. This series is only the beginning. It's just, it's, uh, I did find my calling a little bit, which has been really, really great because I've been wanting to teach design for years and I have done it. I've worked in, I used to teach, uh, Photoshop is not design because Photoshop is just a tool, but but to photography, at a photographer's school in London, I worked for universities there, there when I was at the BFI and so on. And I've done other things and I've, yeah, I've done residencies and universities abroad and so on, but I wasn't sure about my my audience because I thought I, I tried to teach design to clients, but the thing is design, clients don't need it. It's best if they don't design, much better. Yeah, yeah. Young designers do it at school. So now now I found it. And, I'm, and I mean, it was them coming to me, all these people coming to me saying, can we have a course? So I said, yeah, you can have a course. So I desi- decided to start uh, this way, which is kind of more of a live, uh, more interactive kind of uh, way of, of approaching it. But it's only the beginning because I'm already planning loads more uh, course to come. And I think the best way is to join First of all, join the the group, and then uh, by the time this comes out, there will be the new um, sales page out. Because the way it's working in the morning is it, at the moment, I'm doing the the weekly uh, webinars, which then go get uploaded on the website. So that will be something that you can do as well, because it, it you know the lessons live there on the website. So it's not too late. So even though if you, you've already no, started, so they can come in and get access when they buy the series. Yes. And also it's only the beginning because every time I do a webinar, I'm like, oh my God, this is an hour and a bit long. And there's about, I can identify 10 other hours of content that I could create just from, just from this, you know, because there's so much to to consider and to and to talk about but it's a great that doesn't mean that it's not in depth it's it's a really very good uh i i struggled i shouldn't say introduction because it's more than an an introduction it's designed from the point of view of the non-designer it's going to give you a fantastic solid frame framework to work from 
Yeah. And I, again, like, regardless of whether they're at, so this is not needing to your point, this is not about you know, needing to learn Illustrator or Photoshop. And, no, you know, that's not talked about. Yeah. It's not even touched on. Brilliant. Not even touched on. Absolutely not at all. There's no, those are tools. And that's, it doesn't make you a designer. Also, I think that Photoshop is, I know there's lots of people that design websites in Photoshop, and I have no idea why they do that. And I, I've been a, I, I was a tutor to I'm taught Photoshop. I was a proper Photoshop whiz. The, the posters that I used to do for the for the British Film Institute were incredible. They, I, I'm a good Photoshop manipulator, and that's it. It's a manipulation. It's an image manipulation program. It's not a layout program. So I don't understand why. But anyway, each to their own. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Prefer, you know, that's if people prefer using it. I don't. But all I I digressed yet again. What I wanted to say was simply that I don't teach the tools. It's about it's about design and how to create websites that have much better UX and UI and therefore convert much better and give you the confidence of going to your clients and knowing that the choices that you make are sound, solid choices that will make their website better for them, for their users, for the business, and they're going to make them more money. That's basically the point. Okay. And I'm going to add just one little caveat to that. I would say who this is for, and please correct me. So you've completely explained, you know, target audience. But I also think it's for the person who is in this for the long haul. You want to build a really solid foundation that you can build your skills and assets on with your business that... You know, I, I've preached that I went back to fundamentals a few years ago, and that's where those emails came from, Peach. I'm like, I'm just going to get better at writing. I just want to practice. I want to focus on mastery. And there's just forever to keep growing. And I think that yeah. getting this, the, the design principles and getting this foundation set, it's going to make everything easier, truly. Like if, if this is, if you're in this for the long haul and you're serious about your business, this is a huge asset to have these skills under your belt. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Yes, there's absolutely that. There's this serious business owner who wants to understand this as well. Absolutely. And in for a long haul, without a doubt. Picha, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so, so much for being here. So we're going to link to Design for Geeks. Uh, where else should people connect with you? The Facebook group? We'll put a link to that. The Facebook group. Yeah. All right. So I think... There isn't- I'm not set up on Instagram yet, but I will be because one part of designgeeks.com, designforgeeks.com will also be a an, an exclusive image library with my photos because I, I'm also a photographer. I have had photos on stock image libraries for years, but they're all down now because I want for them to be exclusive. That's brilliant. And your photographs and your paint, everything you do is beautiful. I just love watching this journey. So again, Picha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kim. It's been, I've had a blast as usual. Thank you so, so much. All right, guys, you know the drill. Just hang on. I'm going to reiterate those links for you. Everything will be in the show notes. And not only is her her teaching amazing, she completely over delivers in the Facebook group. So make sure to join Peacha in her Facebook group as well. As always, guys, I will catch you next week. All right, as always, thanks so much for listening. So I've done a couple pretty links for you to make it easier to go to Peach's site and group. Just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash design geeks. 
all one word. And actually, that's the only pretty link because you can go directly to Peach's site, which is peachaneri.com, P-I-C-C-I-A-N-E-R-I.com. Links are in the show notes. And if you've not left me a review, I'd love it. And of course, join content creators. Why have you not joined this group? Guys, we're having a ton of fun. I'm doing a lot more video live streaming. And it's just, it's an amazing community. I adore this tribe. You can go to creatorsfbgroup.com. And I will catch you next time.